Elegant Sea Urchin is a serial oral fiction written, presented, and produced by Swoon as part of the Greater Swooncraft Creative. You can support this and all things Swoon by subbing, sharing, becoming a patron, or making a one-time donation. And before the program starts, here's a fact. Orange is the color of hate that grew up, grew old, became jaded, and can only be bothered with a minimum amount of effort. You, listening. Thanks. And enjoy. They said leashes were required, but mentioned nothing about collars. If anyone had caught me and Enzo, or was aware there was anything to catch us for, I wonder if he'd be put down. In no way is he vicious, quite the opposite. Nothing like that bratty Yule Aya's pet rat dog that shivers constantly and jumps and bites at everything in sight. No, Enzo is just hungry. He'll eat anything if I don't feed him often enough. One might wonder where I found such a faithful companion. He was back behind the mess hall. I decided to take an extended lunch. Maths wasn't doing anything for my future anyways, and I have no answer to what I plan once I graduate and school. Grandma thinks I could manage a hazardous materials plant or something, but personally, I still don't know. I do know that the most important day of recent history I had the perfect time of noon where the sun shines purple and showers the world in velvet. Everything is cold and nothing feels like it'll be okay ever. Ever. Wrapped in that creamy velvet feeling, in the sparkling shade, I suckled softly on a fist of punch with not quite enough kick. I'd hardly eaten any of the wrap that I brought for lunch, but I wasn't craving seaweed like I thought that morning. That's where Enzo comes in. I felt his steely eyes interrupting my violet shimmering after lunchtime. Maw gaped, salivating like this was the first time that he'd been introduced to edible things. No matter how shaggy his fur was, I could still see the dimples of his ribs and the knots in his leg joints. So, I tossed the wrap to him, the limp thing falling apart as it flopped against the ground. Two things happened as I closed my eyes, suckled and adjusted how I laid. The wrap was gone, all the scattered bits, everything of it vanished, and, eclipsing the purple afternoon, Enzo stood over me, panting, his quivering breath on my face cold, sticky saliva dribbling on my forehead and cheek. The smell of his mouth was not on my wrap. No seaweed or spicy mayo even hinted in the cold and rotted egg stench that overtook my senses. More than his stink, his piercing silver eyes locked mine like only ferals do. I finished my fist of punch that didn't have enough kick and told him, hope you enjoyed my lunch, buddy. Even though I refused to look at him, I could still feel his breath on my arm and against my cheek, only amplified, like acid ripping at my skin where his drool was. So I told him that he looked like a thoroughbred lunatic, and that I was going to find safety in numbers and actually go to class. I stood with my pack, leaving the depleted fist for the scavenger. I didn't look, but I knew it was already gone, and I knew Enzo was following me. I could feel his bright silver eyes as the purple seventh hour I loved so much dithered to pink. That salmon sky with a peculiar blue horizon was the last thing I remember of the day I met Enzo. And I hate it that he's stuck around. Taking care of him sucks. I... I like being alone. But in spite of my outward opinion of him, something is just right about Enzo. Nothing like what I remember of Pop and Mum. Uncle K is there for me, and 
and Grandmom teaches me all the things a lady needs to know for life that the institution keeps to themselves in their grandest homes behind their strongest bloodstone seals. Uncle Kay and Grandmom don't object to me having Unzo either, so I couldn't tell him to stay away for any excuse like that, and the waves broadcast caught my attention. Bring your pet to the grand opening, treat your terror pet shop. We have everything a pet's chosen one needs, from food bowls, chew toys, food, collar, rune lock cages, you name it. If we don't have it, well, your pet probably didn't need it. Come this weekend with your sole companion to the grand opening off the I-363 near the South Mesa Mall. Leashes required. How perfect, I thought. I have this gray shaggy thing following me. Maybe I can make myself happy by making it happy by taking it to this new pet wonderland. And before the week break in the grand opening, there was an incident at one of the doorball games. Yeah, even solo souls like myself show up to school games sometimes. The sky was tangerine over the field, the buffers were guarding their thresholds while the flashers and kickers strived for points. The teams were cheered and harassed, ours a little more than theirs, and like always, we broke into chorus when blood was spilled. The stands were littered with the usual crowd, faculty, students, magenta afterimages of the alternate dimension close to ours but several people in seconds off, parents and scouts from the government looking to sweep away any promising talent. And the blue lights of the field were flickering on when Henry Bonilla made his usual sexual advances at the preps in the stands. A lot of people have the impression that he wants to be laid with the hot girls on campus when he actually wants an orgy with all of them, girls and guys, and for all of them to hate him the whole time, much like they already do, just naked. It's common sense if you're paying attention. You might be wondering, what was the incident then, Faye? And I hear you muttering under your breath, everything is as it always has been. Well, Enzo's intuition led him to search after Bonilla shrank away from being ridiculed once again. I followed my grey-eyed, swine-snouted hound as it rounded the bleachers, huffing and snorting through the untamed weeds and bramble, some vanishing along the way when I would look away to the dying light on the horizon. The usual despair of a tomorrow filled me as I gazed at the bleak skyline. Like most of us, I wished I could die with a day. Enzo led us around the gym to the locker rooms. There, I caught a hint of the sugar and powder stench that Enzo was obviously following. And then I witnessed uh, Bonilla jerking off on some of the doorball players and cheerleaders under clothes. And my romantic desire to die with the day ended. Fuck the day, I prayed I could drop dead before my mind was subject to more. I left for the grand opening of Treacher Terror Pet Shop after the cloudy purple shine. This strange azure on the horizons have been bothering me all week. Our skies aren't blue, they never have been. It's, I, I wonder if it's an effect of Enzo or, or all the claims of not enough pollutants really changing our world. Leash in hand, Enzo walked a few paces ahead of me. The shop wasn't as big as I expected, its architecture not traditionally sharp-angled and tiered. It was rounder and rather squat. I waved for the entrance runes to open, but after a few moments I realized there were no runes. Enzo and I were simply inside. It was dim, with a looming largeness where light faded to what felt like infinite nothing. There were registers before us, shelves lining aisles leading back into the darkness. It smelled like sawdust and dog food and coal, although the coal might have been Enzo. For the first time since he found me, he touched me, pressing his shoulder against my thigh. He was warm, and that surprised me. 
Greetings, I heard an afterimage say. Since I was a little girl, they'd been trying to ban interactions between dimensions. It's all over my head, but Uncle K says scientists are afraid our worlds could merge, ruining the climate and borders, claiming buildings, cities, and lakes will appear where other lakes, buildings, and cities are, merging and causing a chaos unknown to our existence. And the person before me winked in and out, various shades of reds and pinks swirling like mist as his essence tried to stay in my reality. When I could see him, he had a pleasant smile, his face was wrinkly, and that concerned me. Some of our lessons in first school said age used to change, warp the body after the thirties, but we stopped that long before I came along. And he asked if that was my pet, looking down at Enzo. I told him, sort of. I explained the circumstances and said, so I figured I'd get him some stuff. He stared at the leash in my hand and several moments later, when he opened his mouth, he winked out of my experienced universe before any sound left his lips. Enzo huffed through his snout and moved forward. With a handbasket, I followed and looked through the list I'd made. Food dish, claw clippers, brush, pet soap, chew toys, pet bed. I wasn't sure if Enzo wanted or needed chew toys, and it didn't matter. His first priority was food. His nose led us down the aisle, furthest from where we entered. Rounding the end cap, a lady blinked before us, transparent, plump, gleeful, and rosy. As she asked if she could help us find anything, she pulled a treat bar from her apron and handed it to me. I stared at the thing. Where it touched my palm, I felt a cool roughness and could swear the transparent magenta was trying to turn in a solid oaken hue. I told her that we were fine and thanked her before she vanished. Handing the treat bar to Enzo, I looked at the packs of pet food. Enzo, let's grab this last. They're like three to ten kilos each, I told him. Enzo stared at me with his steely eyes, but I rolled mine and moved on to the next aisle. It wasn't until several minutes later, and I had gathered everything that wasn't heavy, when I realized Enzo wasn't with me. I stood, confused. He had just picked out a plush cart on the toy aisle. Suddenly, a man appeared, pink mist swirling around him. I told you leashes were required! Freeze it, mister! I held up the leash and shrugged. Go get your dog and get- The red vapor around him, as he vanished, only seemed to amplify the anger he was showing. I hurried to the food aisle, furthest from the door. Enzo! When I turned the corner, I saw my companion laying on the floor, content, licking his lips. The aisle was empty. My foulest eldritch god! I don't- curse often, forgive me. Enzo, get up, I commanded. His eyes were like stars in a black sky, especially under the dim lights of Treacher Terror Pet Shop. Enzo moved to my side, and we went to the counter. Two employees I'd met blinked into my perceived reality and were talking at once. A third man appeared. All were asking what would be done with most of their stock gone. I stammered. They blinked in and out. I shouted, If you don't have it, then the pets don't need it! Fragments of their words and elevated voices pierced the veil between our worlds, and Enzo howled a cacophony that rattled all of us to silence. The next moment, Enzo and I were outside. Under a tangerine sky, and there was no treacher-terror pet shop in the empty lot where weeds and vines grew from the cracked pavement. No squat buildings with its round, non-angular architecture, just a rusted fence and trash collecting against it. We ran home. I was shaking, and Grandma and Uncle Kay gave me queer glances as I hurried to my alcove. I could hardly breathe, and I felt numb, but so... alive. Then I realized I still had the handbasket and everything I'd gotten for Enzo. He sat patiently, head cocked, twinkling eyes on mine. I laughed, gave him his car plush, and called down the corridors. Cramum, can you pick out food for Enzo next time you're out? We kept everything. The handbasket and its logo, the only reminder 
that the pet shop had ever been. Until sometime that evening, when I wasn't looking, it vanished into the ether. Bizarre as it is, since that day I haven't basked in the bleakness of our world. A life companion. Huh. <laughs>